0: Right from the start, when we make intentions for the new year, we need to have the understanding that we will need to stretch ourselves out of our comfort zone if we want to direct our activities towards a desired direction, and that in order to do that, we need to look within. Now that we're using language more accurately, it is possible to follow through on our intentions. I don't like to argue, so I say nothing and fume for days. How do I set boundaries without sounding like a jerk? I hate the idea that I might accidentally offend somebody, so sometimes I'd just rather say nothing at all. Welcome to the Language Alchemy Podcast, and thank you for joining me today. This is your host, Alejandra Siroca. I'm a transformative communication teacher and coach devoted to helping you have more peace and more harmony in your life as you communicate like the adult you are in all your relationships. This is the second episode I'm devoted to talking about a word you hear a lot at the beginning of a new year, and that word is resolutions. You know, when you have intentions, wishes, and desires that you want to fulfill in the new year, such as Learning a new skill, acquiring a new habit, going someplace new, or trying something different. I chose to record an episode about this because I see too often that people start the year with a lot of hope about making changes or creating wonderful new experiences for their lives. But as the year goes by, many of these resolutions, intentions, and desires that people were so excited about in the beginning do not come to pass. So in this episode, we are going to talk about why resolutions don't always work. And of course, I am going to talk about this from the perspective of language alchemy. I'm also going to offer you a reframe and share a system I use because I want to help you turn those wishes into your actual experiences instead of watching the year go by and finding yourself feeling disappointed that you didn't follow through on something that is important to you. So here's a typical thing that happens when we talk about resolutions. You sit down with pen and paper, maybe a special journal, and you write a list of goals and experiences you would like to have in the new year. It may sound like something like this. In this new year, I want to learn to play the piano, finally pick up Spanish, run a half marathon. After you write that list, you feel really good about these resolutions. Indeed, there could be a sense of resolve and determination about what you could be doing in the future, You can even feel proud and a little lighter with a sort of lofty quality. Then a few weeks go by and maybe you start strong. You dust off your piano books, you download the Duolingo app, and maybe you even get a new pair of running sneakers. Now it's February and you've noodled on the piano a bit You've gotten lost in Duolingo here and there while you were in the bathroom. And when the weather was nice and you didn't feel too tired, you went for a few runs. But after a few more weeks, something happens. And that driving force starts to lose traction. And you do these things that you proclaimed you wanted to do less and less. You lose momentum. And now it's April... June, September, and you either no longer remember what your resolutions were, or you say to yourself, "Uh, I'll definitely do that next year. Can you relate? I definitely can. I started many things that I really wanted to do and even bought the gadgets needed, and then I stopped doing them. And I know I'm not the only one. Most of my communication students and coaching clients have similar experiences. I've heard them say, Alejandra, I wanted to be more authentic with my family this year. Or this was the year in which I was going to set more boundaries with my boss. Or at the beginning of the year, I really wanted to take all these classes and workshops on how to be an upstander and speak up. When other people like me are saying things about people of color that hurt us all. I heard many of my clients say, my resolution for years was to have more friends or to take the risk to ask for a raise or to tell my partner I wanted us to move us closer to my family. But I don't know, I forgot, I guess. So after hearing about this issue so frequently, this issue of people having desires for beautiful, transformative, and fulfilling experiences and then not following through on them, I became really interested in learning about behavior patterns and habit formation. I wanted to know, how come we don't follow through? What happens between the moment in which we sit down and declare on our journals that We will do something important and feel a sense of expansion. And the moment in which this momentum of that important wish dissolves and we feel contracted. And you know what I discovered? It's all about language and communication. Let me explain. First, we call these deep wishes resolutions. But there's a lot that's unresolved about these wishes. For starters, we tell ourselves that all we need to do is to have the will to do it. We just have to have the will to play the piano, to pick up Spanish, to run a half marathon. And so, when there's a will, there's a way, and therefore there should be the outcome we want, right? But I want to tell you that often these resolutions are big things, like learning an instrument, a new language, or running a half-marathon. And because they are big things, and since we live in a consumerist society, we tell ourselves that in order to accomplish these things, the first thing we need to do is to buy something, to have the right equipment, the right paraphernalia, or to have the right circumstances. And because we tend to believe what we tell ourselves, We come to believe that the accomplishment of this wish depends on something external. But of course, that wish, that intention, that desire originated within. Isn't that something? And then, as time goes by, we hear in our internal dialogue some familiar message that sort of plays on repeat. And that message says something like, You can do this later. How about that new Netflix show? Or that's a little selfish of you to want to do that for yourself. What will people think? Or do you think you can be that good learning this difficult thing at this time in your life? Hmm, I'm wondering what's happening on my Instagram feed. Or maybe your partner will not like it if you now want to take dance lessons. That will take time away from the two of you. Or maybe you hear something like, harmony is more important here. It's been stressful for all. Don't start something with your boss, your colleagues, your clients. Or you deserve a break. Live a little, don't be so rigid. The list can go on and on. So how does this happen? Well, because for our brains, these resolutions seem too big. And so pressure builds up. And when pressure builds up, we tend to react to it with overwhelm, resistance, or overdoing that could lead to burnout. When we hear those familiar messages in our internal dialogue, these messages give us what's called the illusion of release. Yes, they release the internal pressure momentarily. And that's why we don't follow through, because when we hear these familiar phrases in our head, we may feel good for a tiny bit, and then we don't do what we proclaimed we wanted to do. Now, some of these messages can be quite loud for sure, but what I find is that in general, we're not even aware of them. These messages are often quite subtle. And they stay in our psyche on repeat, and sometimes they even show up in disguise as in a wise and loving voice of reason. But in fact, these messages hold us back. They hold you back, and they are your internal sabotaging system. They hold you back not only from having what you would like to have, what you want to accomplish, what you wish for you in your life. But more importantly, they hold you back from your capacity to honor yourself, to value your longings, to give to yourself the gift that's lying underneath that wish. So maybe playing the piano gives you a sense of enjoyment. Or maybe the present underneath learning a language is connection. And maybe the prize underneath running a half marathon is confidence or self-care. But when you let yourself be influenced by these sabotaging messages, you hold yourself back from your ability to grow, to mature, to bring forth the resourcefulness, the creativity, the self-connection that your heart is longing for. So it's time to stop doing that. And how do you do that? Well, first, let's use language consciously and maturely. Let me show you how. The first thing we need to do is to call these wishes what they truly are. They are intentions, not resolutions. The word intention comes from Middle French, from the practice of archery. And it, it means to stretch oneself out into a desired direction and it also means to look within. So right from the start, when we make intentions for the new year, we need to have the understanding that we will need to stretch ourselves out of our comfort zone if we want to direct our activities towards a desired direction, and that in order to do that, we need to look within. Now that we're using language more accurately, it is possible to follow through on our intentions. I'll share with you how to do this and give you a gift at the end I put together for you. And before I do, I'd love for you to first listen to these steps that I'm about to share and then download a worksheet with these steps and then tell a couple of friends about this episode so you can do this together with them. You will see why in just a moment. I'm going to share with you a system that works. And I'll give you an example along the way. Let's say that your intention for this year is to have a thriving relationship with your partner. Great! Write that down. And then go within. The first step is to understand why you want what you want. So... Why is fulfilling that particular intention of having a thriving relationship with your partner important to you? What would it give you? This is how you connect to the deeper gift underneath what you want. Even if you think it's obvious, it may not be. So write at least three reasons why this intention is important to you. For example, would having a thriving relationship with your partner give you a sense of true connection? Would it give you hope in your ability to love another human being unconditionally? Or would it give you a sense of ease that you can sleep better at night and wake up feeling energized and ready to enjoy your life? Whatever it is, write it down. Then the second step, is to connect to the potential consequence of not having what you want. How would it affect you if you don't stretch yourself to have what you want? If you don't have that thriving relationship with your partner, would you feel more lonely than you may be feeling now? Would you share less and less with your partner and choose to spend more connecting time with others? maybe friends or family or your kids? Would that lead to disconnection with your partner? Would you go to bed feeling preoccupied, not having restful sleep and maybe waking up feeling like life is not fair with you or that you chose the wrong partner? Whatever came up for you, trust it and write it down. The third step is, is that now that you've connected to the reasons why you want what you want and why this really matters to you, you need to write a list of the kind of evidence you would find when you are having what you want. What I hear some of my clients say when they tell me they want to have a thriving relationship with their partner is, I see us choosing to share meals at the table and not in front of the TV. Or, I see us talking and laughing. Or, I see myself getting out of my car feeling happy to come home. I see myself telling my partner something that happened that day. I see myself listening to my partner with greater presence and curiosity. Or, I see us making time for fun and enjoyment without the kids. Okay, I think you got it. So, let's move on to the fourth step. What are the different steps you need to take to fulfill this intention? Perhaps it's learning to reveal more of what's in your heart with your partner. Maybe it's learning to cultivate curiosity and presence. Maybe you need to take a communication workshop, a course on listening like the one I offer online. Or maybe some of these steps involve reading books on communication or communicating that intention to your partner and letting your partner know your why and what would let you know that you have that thriving relationship with them. Maybe it's sharing with your partner that you would like to have meals at the table or alone time without the kids. In this step, you brainstorm small, doable, and repeatable, enjoyable actions that can direct you towards your desired intention. And now, you are ready for the fifth step, which is to schedule these actions on your calendar. Yes, research shows that we are more likely to follow through if we schedule activities on our calendars, not just make a mental note, but actually whether you keep an electronic calendar or you have a paper planner like me, Write down or schedule all those different actions throughout the year, not just for a week or two. For example, you can schedule a time to talk to your partner about your intentions by scheduling a nice walk or a hike with your partner. You can also schedule a time on your calendar to research communication workshops and online courses. And then once you sign up to workshops or courses, you can schedule those on your calendar. If you have something on your calendar throughout the year, you will find constant reminders of what's important to you. Let me give you an example. Having deep and authentic connection with myself is very important to me. And for me, that comes in the form of meditation and conscious movement practices like yoga. So I have them scheduled from Monday through Friday on my calendar for the whole year. I do meditate and practice yoga or other movement practices on the weekends, but I know that my time needs to be protected during the weekdays. And if you've been following me for a while, you know that I've been practicing meditation and conscious movement practices for decades. And this is how I've been able to do it. Because time for those activities are protected on my calendar. Okay, so now you're ready for step six. In this step, you consider at least one person, in addition to, say, your partner, if that was your intention, one person who's supportive of that intention, and you talk to that person. This is what you need to say to that person, and of course, use your own words. You can say, this is my intention, This is why it's important to me, and I would love your support. Would you be willing to have a phone chat with me once a month so that I can share how I'm following through, what I'm learning about fulfilling my intention, and keeping myself accountable? And when that person says yes, then right there in that conversation, schedule those phone chats with that person throughout the year and then send that person a phone reminder. We know from research that when we are able to keep ourselves accountable by having someone else help us in our accountability, we are much more likely to follow through. In fact, everything I do with Language Alchemy, recording podcasts, sending newsletters, sharing stories about language and communication offering online courses. I do all these things because I have accountability partners who keep me accountable and remind me what's important for me. And you can do this too. Now, if this seems like too many steps, do not worry. I have prepared a PDF and a guide for you with all this information on how to follow through that works so that you can direct your precious life energy towards the accomplishments of your heart's longings in a sustainable way. So here are your actions. Number one, go to languagealchemy.com forward slash follow through, one word, languagealchemy.com forward slash follow through and download that PDF. And number two, Tell that person who will be your accountability partner to also listen to this episode and download that PDF. It will be super helpful for your conversations with them, and it will also be beneficial for them. In fact, they may ask you to be their accountability partner, and that way you can support one another. Now, let's recap what I've shared with you in this podcast episode. I talked about resolutions that we tend to have at the beginning of the year, why they don't often work, and how it is that we lose momentum. I offered you a reframe to have intentions instead of resolutions, and I explained why having intentions can lead you to greater success. Finally, I gave you a six-step process you can use to follow through on your intentions. And... I mentioned that you can find that process at languagealchemy.com forward slash follow through. As usual, let me know how it goes. I love hearing from you. Thank you so much for listening. And a special thanks to my client Farzana for all the work she did for a year to follow through on her intentions. I am so proud of her. Until next week, and as we say in Argentina, ciao, ciao. Original music by Gary LaPoe. You can find all links in the show notes at languagealchemy.com.